Yeah. Isaiah chapter 27. <laughs> Woo! Verses 1 through 3. In that day the Lord will punish with His sword His fierce, great, powerful sword, Leviathan. The gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent, He will slay the monster of the sea. In that day, sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. Turn now to Psalm 74. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 74 and verse 12. But you, O God, are my King from of old. You bring salvation upon the earth. It was you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan and gave him as food for the creatures of the desert. It was you who opened up the springs and the streams. You dried up the river, the the ever-flowing rivers. The day is yours, and and yours also the night. You established the sun and moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Don't we know about that in Alaska? Turn to... Back to Isaiah, find chapter 51. Isaiah 51. Verse 9. Awake, awake, clothe yourselves with strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the days gone by, as in generations of old. Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces, who pierced that monster through? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made a road in the depths of the sea, so that the redeemed might cross over the ransomed of the Lord will return? They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the authority that is given to us by the power of the name of Jesus. And we thank You, God, for Your Word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. Tonight I'm asking God indeed that you would clothe us, that we would awake tonight. That we would not be foolish in our warfare, but by the authority that you've entrusted and given to us, we stand before your throne. And as we break open your word tonight... I'm asking that you would release revelation to us. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead and pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. A number of years ago, there was a photograph, Japanese fishing vessel, that brought up this 
gigantic sea monster. Has anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever seen that photo? It was just huge. And, I mean, it's just like, man, Loch Ness must exist. I mean, there must be some crazy creatures out there. This big colossal squid, I think is what it was called. And an article mentioned about this gigantic creature that there must be more like that in the sea. In the book of Job, one of the earliest books in the Bible, Leviathan and Behemoth are talked about. But they're talked about from the context of the understanding that there were animals in creation that existed during that time. They are very possibly extinct now. But they certainly remain illustrations to us. Now, in in ancient culture, that would be Babylonian, Hittite, Ugaritic culture, you'll see Leviathan mentioned many times. In fact... It, along with Lothan, Tiamat, Rahab. Rahab, we read, is another name for Leviathan. They were all associated together, and they were all associated with a number of myths in those ancient cultures. And all of those stories revolved around chaos and confusion. How uh, this Leviathan, this Rahab, Tiamat, these, these serpent monsters, if you will, brought confusion and chaos. Leviathan, according to Middle Age scholars and writers, how many of you ever heard of Thomas Aquinas? Thomas Aquinas writes in his in some of his books associating this creature Leviathan with with the sin of envy. In fact, how many of you ever heard of the seven deadly sins? The seven deadly sins were put together by the Catholic Church, and there were a list of sins that would destroy your life in God. One of those sins was the sin of envy. Thomas Aquinas wrote a, a, a scholarly work about the seven, seven deadly sins, and in that, the sin of envy, he, he related to what he called a demon spirit called Leviathan. Kind of amazing. So Leviathan, according to him, was connected with the sin of envy. Now, the texts that we read are the texts that you will find about Leviathan. And the only one that I did not read was the one of Job. Because as you read all of these, they all are in agreement in the context except for Job. Job mentions Leviathan, but only as a a creature of creation. In all the other texts, Leviathan is associated with Egypt. Leviathan is associated with Egypt for you note-takers. In all the texts that we read, that's what you will see. And so what's amazing is that when Leviathan is mentioned, you, you see this, and I want you to turn to Ezekiel 29. Here's another reference here to Leviathan. We didn't read this in the, in the main sections of Scripture, but in Ezekiel 29, verses 3 through 6, Ezekiel 29, 3-6, I'm against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, you great monster lying among the streams. And it goes on to say how he put a hook in his jaw. Leviathan is associated with Egypt. Kind of amazing. Associated with the sin of envy. So my task tonight, as we look at this spirit of Leviathan and how to overcome, how to defeat a spirit of Leviathan is to look at the root meaning of what the word is, look at all of the associations which tie to Egypt, and what you're going to find 
remarkably is that the, this spirit of Leviathan operates very strongly here in Alaska. What pressed me, now I, I, had a, I had an encounter with God when I was in Louisiana regarding the spirit of Leviathan. I had has operated there very strongly also. What spurred me on was when my wife shared uh, really an encounter she had, which I believe was the Lord uncovering this entity that operates. And she saw this glide, a large gliding serpent, just didn't see the head or anything, just twisting serpent that came before her. And associated with that came fear. Associated with that came insecurity. It was like this thing that just wanted to come and come on her, and she overcame it through prayer. And as she shared that with me, I was quickened in my spirit that I needed to preach on the spirit of Leviathan. The root word. The root word, Leviathan. In Hebrew, the root word is laud. Laud. It means to twist. To twist. When you see it in connection with Pharaoh and Egypt, you'll notice how Pharaoh was always twisting his words. He would say, oh yes, I'll release you. And then in the same, the same moment, as soon as the plague would lift, he'd say, no, I've changed my mind. He's always twisting his words. I've seen it happen in the church where I would preach a sermon and somebody gets so upset. And they'd come, Pastor, I can't believe that you had... I, that was not right. I, what, what happened? Because usually if I did something right, my wife's going to correct me before anybody else does. So <laughs> I get it right from the front row. God bless my wife. Praise the Lord. You ought to have a, a wife or a husband like that. You can walk in agreement. So if you do something foolish, they help you. All right? Sometimes guys are so stupid. Or just be like, what? They'd come up to me and say, you know, I can't believe you preached that. And I'd say, well, what did I preach? And they begin to tell me what I preached. There's only one problem. I didn't say anything, they say. Well, I know I didn't say it. Have you ever had a communication with somebody, talk with somebody, and it just gets twisted? One of the worst places we ever, ever had that experience was in Molokai. I'm not kidding. I would say something from the pulpit, and, they, and people would hear entirely something different. This spirit I've seen operate, this twisting of words and such, this laud, this twisting I've seen in relationships that no matter what a husband says, the wife can't hear it. Can't hear what he says. No matter what the wife says. You say, well, that happens anyway, because, man, you know. <laughs> but the truth is, no matter what the wife says, the man can't hear what she says. There's this twisting. I've seen it with twisted thinking. I've talked with people, I've counseled with people, and their, their logic is so, is so twisted. Leviathan, this spirit of Leviathan, would attempt to keep people in their bondage. That's what Pharaoh attempted to do. Keep people in slavery. Pharaoh didn't want God's people to leave Egypt. He wanted to keep them as slaves. I'm here to tell you that Leviathan, this, this assignment of the enemy, wants to keep you in bondage. Wants to keep you in slavery. Wants you to keep running on a on on the 
on the treadmill, never going anywhere, like a rat on one of those wheels that goes round and round and round and round on a merry-go-round from hell that just never ends. As, you don't need to raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, in fact, for the next question. Have you ever experienced a cycle in your life? I call it a cycle of iniquity or, or, or a sin cycle. It just... It keeps going. A year after year, you'll find at the same time, similar things trip you up. I'll tell you what it was for me. During the holidays, my mother, uh, God bless her, one of, the, one of our chief intercessors, she, well, she got, well, they got divorced. My mother went insane right during the holidays, just before, before Christmas. Got a hold of some money and flew to Scotland. And so all of our Christmas time, it was, you know, we just heard from our relatives, I heard your mother's insane. I mean, I'm seven years old. I'm eight years old. And they're telling me my mother's insane. Your mother's crazy. I heard your mom's crazy. And then when they called, when she called to talk to us on Christmas, they wouldn't let her talk to us. And so here I'm separated from my mother at seven, eight years old. And there's this, there's this, whole stamp that gets put on my mother that she's insane. Really, she got ostracized from my my father's side of the family from that time and was pushed out. Now, let me tell you what happened for me. I grew up every single Christmas time was hell. Why? Because such a wounding took place in my heart that every time the holidays come, it was filled with hurt. It was filled with pain. It was filled with regret. It was filled with this, even after my mother returned even on into the time where I was saved. You know, it was just always upset around the holidays. Family would come over, you're supposed to be excited. Heck no. You know what I'm talking about? Family come over, you're like, Jesus, deliver me from this scourge, oh God. Am I the only one? Don't, you don't need to raise your hand. I know you. I can see. I can discern right now. You all know what I'm talking about. And it had this cycle in my life. It was a bondage. Are you saying that's a spirit of Leviathan? Like when we, we go through these things, we call them a spirit of Leviathan. There can be many things at work. I don't want to... This is not the be-all message. If that's happening, then it's a spirit of Leviathan. But I mean, you've got you to look at sort of a, a, a spe, full spectrum of what the enemy does. And he's, you know, the prince of the power of the air brings confusion. Brings, he does that. He comes to steal, kill, and... Yes, he does. But in the context of Leviathan, according to middle-aged scholars and the book of Isaiah, Psalm 27 and Ezekiel, the spirit of Leviathan is a demon spirit. And, and it's a demon spirit that has the traits and the character qualities of Egypt. So you look at the traits and the character qualities of Egypt and you can relate that to the, a spirit of Leviathan. So it, it, it brought a twisting. Seeks to keep people in bondage. Brought false hope. False hope. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 7, Egypt, whose help is utterly useless, therefore I call her Rahab the do-nothing. You know, one of the things that has been really uh, strong in our nation has been the multi-level marketing. Now, multi-level marketing has been great, but I have found this in multi-level marketing. Generally... Now, I've done a number of different multi-level marketing things from snake oil to magnets. Uh, so uh, I, every time I did it, 
I was always looking to sort of make some money so that I could get ahead to do more for God. The only problem was it pulled me off my main course of actually preaching the gospel and doing what God called me to. And I found myself preaching the gospel and magnets at the same time, and I had a conflict, and I had to just repent and just forget it and let it go. So I, I've, I've tried to do that a number of times. Now, maybe, maybe you can do that, and a lot of people have gotten very wealthy doing it and do it for the kingdom of God and are very good at it. I personally couldn't do it, and I never will. I will never do any multi-level marketing thing, ever. I will never do it. If you come up with this great thing that's working for you, praise the Lord. Don't even bother asking me. I can't do it. All right, so I'm just under one of those things. Here's what I found. In these multi-level marketing uh, plans, they generally mandate that you go to these seminars to teach you how to sell better. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, in the 70s and 80s, EST was one of those seminars, type seminars. There was another one called Men, Sex, and Power, or The Heart of the Matter was another one. Warner Earhart. Anybody ever heard of these names? There were different people that... How about Anthony Robbins? You heard of him? Okay, so these different seminars to try to get you to move into a higher level of productivity, to get you healed. The only problem was there wasn't Christ in the middle of it. There was no, there's no Jesus in the middle of it. And I will tell you, if you go through healings or go through miracles, any spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh, it's not of God. So you have to watch out. And I've been to these things and I would go to them and there would be all this kind of stuff where I just have to say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not, I can't do that. That violates my faith right there. And we'd be challenged over and over. America is filled with these seminars, these false hope seminars. I'm going to tell you that God can deliver you. God can heal you. God can set you free. And, and we're learning how to do that better and better as the years goes on. And we're praying about bringing in some different ministries that help us get some greater healing. Now, I've found this. Here's how I didn't, I didn't go to... For my wife and I, I didn't go to um, Elijah House and get healing. I've been to some of the different Elijah House stuff, read some of the books, but I got healed before all that, before I ever find out about that. I didn't go to Cleansing Stream. I went to it and found out about it after I got delivered. I didn't go to Sozo and all of that. I found out about it, read about it after I got delivered. I will tell you how I got delivered. I didn't go through hours and hours of counseling. I didn't go through that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. God can use that. I'll tell you how I went. I never, ever missed church. Ever. I never missed church. I never quit reading my Bible. I continued to pray through death, through hard times, through onslaught, through confusion, through turmoil, through rejection. I kept come into the house of God, and I would always come to the front, and I'd have, that's why I'm bald. I'm convinced of it. I had hands laid on me so, is that what happened to you, George? Come on. I had hands laid on me so, you too? Come on. Ah! Hey, there's another one. Thank you, Jesus. I had hands laid on me so many times that I'm convinced that is where most of my deliverance took place. Now, here's the sad thing. It took years. Now there's principles, there's revelation in place where we can see people who get saved and get free in the same breath, basically, if they're hungry and thirsty and they go after God. So that within one year, you could, you, you, I mean, I don't know, the, the time frame, it all depends on your own hunger and your willingness to die. <laughs> a a Selah right there. 
You've got to be willing to let go. You've got to be willing to tell the truth. But there's a lot of hopelessness out there. Egypt, Leviathan, is a picture of false hope. How many of you are thankful we don't have false hope in Jesus? You don't have to stay busted, disgusted, and broken and addicted. You don't have to stay brokenhearted. You can be healed. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal your body. He came to set you free. Look, this is not something that we just need on a Sunday night because we're a bunch of Jesus fanatics. Yeah, we're Jesus fanatics. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, that's true. We're not just doing it so we can rant and rave and run around and pretend that we're cool or something. He really did set us free. He really can set you free. Look, if you didn't believe that He could set you free, you should just leave now. Well, you're still here, so I believe that you believe that too. Leviathan tries to keep people from worship. The spirit of Leviathan tries to keep people from Remember Egypt and Egypt Pharaoh. Would, all we want to do is go and worship for three days, Moses said. He, the, the Pharaoh wouldn't let him. The enemy wants to keep you from the house of the Lord. Never before have I seen anything like it than in the state of Alaska. People constantly are hindered from coming consistently to the house of the Lord. They, they, they constantly are held back. There's something twisted on the inside of them. And then I see when people come, can come continually, the enemy allows for, or I should say God allows for, and the enemy moves in. How many of you know God allows for stuff? Here's the, the great revelation. If you're going through difficulty, pain, going through hard times, God's allowed it. So let it have its work in you to show you where you might be broken. I'm preaching better than you're amening. If you have something, you get so offended because somebody looked at you or said something to you. Guess what? It's not them. I mean, maybe they're fools. Okay, sure. But if, you know what I'm saying? If it breaks something in you, gets you so angry. You ever have something happen and you're just like, ah. Ah. And you're like, oh. You know, later on you go, well, that was a little bit of a violent response. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden somebody says something, you're like, what? Ah. That response, that trigger within you is because there's something on the inside of you that needs to be healed. And so when you have that kind of thing happen, you've got to go, oh, what's wrong with me? I've seen this spirit, this twisting take place in people to drive them out of the house of God. I've seen situations happen to keep people from worship. I will tell you, some, sometimes when we come to church, I have more that I have to overcome than you can possibly imagine. You cannot imagine what I have to push to the side so that I can come into His presence. Does, it, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You will, that's the way it is. And you let those things overwhelm you. You let those things get on top of you, then you can actually be hindered from worship. People are not your problem. You are the problem, usually. <laughs> now, I don't want to go to the church because the church is just filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Where else should hypocrites go? Maybe they'll get transformed. Maybe they'll hear a, a burning word that convicts them and they'd repent of being double-minded and hypocritical. Hypocrite, root word for that, is an actor. How are you? I'm praying to God. How are you? Ah, hallelujah. Oh, Jekyll and Hyde. So 
the Spirit tries to keep people from worship. That's what you see in, in, in Egypt. It, it promotes an inferiority complex. Now let me tell you, for me, I know that I'm facing a demonic, something very demonic, when all of a sudden I feel like I can't do it. Because I know I can do everything. <laughs> Does anybody feel that way? In fact, I might need healing from that. I mean, I, you know, I think I could just, you know, I'd just outrun everybody. It's not an arrogance. I'm just confident. I, I just got this confidence thing, right? I do. And then I'm finding out as I get older, I try to mace Micah and almost rip my finger off. It's still coming back. You know, I'm not, I remember in Kauai, I challenged, I, I used to be really fast. So I challenged all these guys were like, oh yeah, we're fast. I'm like, dude, I'll smoke all y'all. And I was the pastor, you know, so I thought this would be good for the pastor just to beat everybody. They'll just, you know, highly esteem me. Well, I pulled my hamstring, fell off to the side, and got beat by an 11-year-old. You know what I mean? So, I mean, stuff happens like that, but I'm generally confident. I'm, I'm confident in God. I, I, I don't suffer with insecurity, and part of that's just kind of the way that the Lord made me. So when I start facing something and feeling this overwhelming insecurity, I know the devil must be nervous. This Leviathan spirit will put an inferiority an insecurity on you. And you'll see that with the children of Israel. For some reason in their mind, they had this picture that Egypt was glorious. Oh, Egypt. The garlic and the leeks. Oh, Egypt was so great. And in their mind, where God was going to take them wasn't that great. I've heard people talk about, the, oh, man, before I got saved, I just had it all going on. You didn't have nothing going on. You're deceived. You were headed to hell in a handbasket. This Leviathan spirit will get you... <laughs> this Leviathan thing will get you feeling in, inferior about what God has for you. They couldn't... Eat the, the people of Israel, they couldn't grasp the wonder of God's plan. That of all the people of the earth, God would choose them to be His inheritance. That of all the people of the earth, God would choose you and I as we've received Christ to be His sons and to be His daughters, to as many as believed on Him, He gave them the right to become children of God. That of all the people on the earth, you and I, our sins are forgiven. And the enemy will come to try to put inferiority like, well, you won't be able to do it. Well, no kidding. You couldn't do it anyway. But God through you, come on, greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. Right? So the enemy will try to speak to you that, oh, you won't be able to do it. You foolish Galatians, said Paul to the church of Galatia. Having started in the Spirit, do you think you can now finish in the flesh? Some of you are facing obstacles that are huge. Look, has God authored what you are in the middle of? If He's not authored it, repent and do what He's told you to do. If He has authored it, then He will finish that which He has authored. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. And He will lead you into the promised land. He will bless you. He will help you. He will strengthen you if you just hold on. Don't work up in your mind about how Egypt was so great or you never had any of these problems before you got saved. You had a big problem. It's called H-E double hockey stick. Yeah. And you were separated from God. The Israelites were in bondage. And, you know, th these, these, these thoughts, these thought patterns can go on from generation to generation. 
If this spirit of Leviathan can get you to think that your past is more glorious than your present or your future, it'll keep you in bondage and you will never fully serve God. Oh, what I had to give up to serve God. Shut up. Another, another thing I see in the spirit of Leviathan is the constant stress I need. I need. The, 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 a constant need. And this is where I think these medieval theologians were attempting to tie a demon spirit to the spirit, spirit of uh, the, to the sin of envy, rather. So if you're constantly saying that I need, you'll always think that somebody has more than you got. If your life revolves around your need, then you'll be in slavery. Listen to me now. If your life revolves around what you have to have, you're worshiping yourself. Now that might sting, but I'm going to tell you, if you're constantly looking, uh, constantly looking for for what you have to have, that you have to have this need, you have you have missed it. If you, if you make Jesus your goal, you seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, I will tell you, I, I can't say that I've been preaching and serving God for 50 years because I'm only 45. But I can tell you in the entire duration of my serving God, and I can have every other saint that's been serving God in freedom and victory and with the fire of the Lord stand up and say the same thing, that if you go after God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and all your strength, your needs will be met. I mean, in the Garden of Eden, Eve was deceived. to, to try. She felt like she had to have this need to be like God. Duh. Somebody must have hit her in the head with an apple or something. I don't know what happened because she was made in the image and the likeness of God already. And so the enemy will try to get you to grasp for stuff that you really don't need, number one. Get you over into greed. Get you over into envy. If you constantly looking at somebody and how they have more than you. I've had lots of opportunity for this. I've given up on it long ago. There's many things I'd like to have in my life and I decided this. That God has no problem getting me anything that I need. And when I need it, it is always there. It might not be what I want necessarily all the time. In other words, I might have a want. A want and a need are two different things. You need air. Come on, take a breath. (sighs) You need to breathe. You want a Harley. You need air. You need to breathe. You need fellowship. You need the Word of God. You want the new car, the new house, the, the new bracelet. You, you want things. We want things. Don't focus on what you want. Or constantly look about, try to figure out what you need. Serve God with all your heart and you will find that God will bring it right when you need it. And in the process... That pressure that you're experiencing, let that have its perfect work on the inside of you to make you more like Jesus. If you don't have it, maybe God knows something about you that you don't know. Years ago, I thought I was supposed to be the next youth pastor. I've told this story many times before. I took over the youth group for a period of about three weeks. I preached. I thought I was the greatest preacher in leather, shoe leather since Jesus. At least that's what I thought. Power of God was coming. The youth group was growing like crazy. And I knew they were going to pick me. I was going to be the next youth pastor. I was praying for Dr. Morocco to have great wisdom and pick me. I was the guy. I was a logical choice. I had the oil on me. I had a pride problem. 
And I had some issues in my soul that if I had been made the youth pastor, I'd have blown up somewhere and probably destroyed my life. I wasn't ready. I thought I was ready. I knew I was ready. Let me say it that way. I knew that I knew would have bet my salvation on the fact that I was ready. And now I look back and go, oh, thank God for a man of God who's filled with wisdom, who saw my knuckle-headed existence and different things going on to say, you need to hold up, son, full of fire. You need a little weight, though. Hold up. Whoa, whoa. Man, did I go through depression after I didn't get that, that position. I had to overcome, and God dealt with the issues of my soul. You might be going through something wondering why you still only make minimum wage. Wonder why you haven't gotten the promotion. Wonder why you're not overseas saving nations. Wonder why you're not the president or the CEO of Coca-Cola or something. You might wonder why you don't have the husband or the wife. You might wonder why all of these things. Look, bring it to Jesus. Ask God to show you what's going on in the city of your soul and ask Him to heal you. Now, sometimes it's just the devil and you need to bind him and move forward. Other times, you've got things going on on the inside of you. All right, how do we defeat this Leviathan thing? Are you guys getting anything from God? If you look at these verses in Isaiah 27, Isaiah 51, Psalm 74, and to add one, Psalm 149, if you look at those verses, you'll find something fascinating. You'll see worship coming forth in every one of the scriptures that we saw. And it seems that, especially according to Psalm 149 and in other places of the story of Jehoshaphat, that worship is one of the keys of breaking a spirit of Leviathan. It's one of the keys of breaking that twisting laud, the Hebrew word laud, the twisting. One of the keys of breaking that, that feeling of inferiority. It's one of the keys of breaking that, that spirit that just wants to come and bring the I need and the envy and the, and the twistedness. How do you do that? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Learn to worship Him with all your heart. Praise Him for what He's done. When you begin to face inferiority... Begin to remind yourself where you used to be and start thanking God that you're not where you used to be and that you might not... Hey, I just agree with the enemy when he's right. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? I'll agree with the first part. You're right. I can't. However, Christ is in me and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who do I think I am? I'm a man of God. I'm bought with the blood of Jesus. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I am, I am His favorite one. I'm the apple of His eye. I'm the friend of God. Ah! Get out of the way. I've got power and authority. I knew I, who I am. Do you know who you are? You're going to be wound up with one chain and thrown to the lake of fire. I'm, I am His son. You can move now. But where the enemy comes to tell you something that's true, you're so filled with pride. Take a good look. I might have some of that. I agree. Lord, would you please forgive me my pride? I repent. Devil, get out of the way. I'm not filled with pride. Now you gotta go. Learn to, learn to praise God. Learn to praise Him for what He's done. Don't let your emotions control you. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Don't let your emotions control you. I was training my son last winter. And one of the ways we train is with firewood. We're getting back to that season soon. 
We, we heat our house with the wood. It's great. It's great training. It's good hard work. And Daniel was going through some training, and so he was outside doing some wood till his attitude changed. Now, here was the deal. You got to do wood. Remember, Dan? You got to do wood until your attitude changes. That means, son, if you walk outside and your attitude changes before you ever touched wood, you're done. But if your attitude doesn't change, you can stack cords of wood until Jesus comes. So it's really up to you. You know, but, but, no, that's the deal. Well, it didn't take him long. Pretty quick. I got smart kids. He moved a few loads of wood, came back and said, okay. I said, that's not it. You got to be smiling and having joy. He's like, dad, come on. So he does it a little bit longer. He comes back and he's filled with joy and it was over. The training was over and I was very proud of him. I got great children. He's filled with joy. He comes in. So I said, son, what did you learn? And he says something that I said to him in previous times. He said, a man of God needs to be in control of his emotions. I said, whoa. I'm going to tell you something. If you can learn to live your life based on what God's word is, what's right, not according to the way that you feel, you'll have victory every time. Feelings are overrated. (laughs) Feelings are overrated. They come and they go. Praise God when they're good, but man, when they stink, they need to, they're terrible. Right? Well, they're all indicators. You know, we don't live according to our feelings. We don't live by sight. We live by, by faith. We live by faith. Don't determine the, the level of your worship about how you feel. I'll tell you how you know I might have, be having a real hard time. I'll probably be here spinning. Now, this might happen even if I'm not having a hard time, but I might be right here spinning and I would take a couple laps. I'll be screaming and shouting. I don't really care what anybody thinks because I understand the principle of praise. I understand the principle of worship. It's when you're going through a difficult time and when the enemy's mounted an attack against you, if you'll lift your voice, come on, the prison doors will throw open, the chains will break, and you will rise in victory. If you worship Him, He will inhabit the praises of His people. And when God shows up, the devil has got to go. And He'll change your circumstances. But if you cave into your emotions, you cave into the way you're feeling, you'll just hang your head and stick your hands in your pockets, and then you just have to wait. And sometimes that can go on for days, weeks, months, years. Don't allow circumstances to control your life. Don't let circumstances rob you. Praise the Lord for what He's done. Claim His promises in prayer. You'll see in Isaiah 51.9 talks about that. And Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep in perfect peace Him whose mind is stayed on you. You want to have perfect peace? Get a hold of this right here. And focus it on the Lord. And begin to think about Him. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are holy. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are praiseworthy. Think on these things things, and you will become a spiritual athlete. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Romans 12, 2. But, and do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to change this. If you never work this and begin to think the Word, you will never accomplish what God's called you to do. You have to get Jesus in here. Yeah, He's in here. You've repented. He's come into your heart. Get Him into the rest of your life. 
And endless testimonies about how God's proven this to me. Over and over and over and over and over. I would say things like, I can't do that. And the Lord would say, excuse me. And I'm immediately reminded that we can do all things through Him. I'm immediately reminded that because I've read the Word, I've learned the Word. I mean, I've got a lot more to learn. I'm not saying I've arrived, but forgetting that which lies behind, I press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Learn to, to live not according to your feelings, not according to circumstances, but according to truth. Claim promises in prayer. You want perfect peace? Gaze upon Him. Your emotions follow your thoughts. Your emotions will follow your thoughts. Guard your tongue is another way to overcome this Leviathan. Guard your tongue. The book of James has a number of things to speak about this issue. James chapter 3 is a tremendous passage talking about the tongue. The smallest member of the body, but like the rudder of a ship, turns the ship. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. The book of Job, one of Job's comforters said to Job, decree a thing and it shall be established. Literally, when you speak forth what you believe God's going to do, he's saying that it shall be established. There's something about speech. God said, God said, let there be light. God said, God said, you're made in His image. Some of you need to wash your mouth out with soap. If you have a cursing problem, just get a bar of dial. You know, and if it's too big to keep in your pocket, just shave off a piece and just keep it in your pocket. So the next time you drop some F-bombs and you're like, oh, excuse my French, just turn around and suck on that thing. Suck on the soap. And if it's really bad, take the whole bar and just grate it on your teeth every time you curse. Call yourself a Christian. Got a foul mouth. Something's wrong. Out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right? So it's important for us to guard our tongue. When I, when I find confusion operating, this is a key for some of you to help you in your marriages, to help you some of your employers, your employees and employers. If you get a directive from somebody, you're constantly having miscommunication with that person. Because I've found people communicate and sometimes their face says something else than what is coming out of their mouth. And then their tone, their tone can be, you know, taken in such a way that that's not the way that they meant it. So when I hear somebody say something to me, and I sense that there's, there could be a potential twisting in that, I say this. Here's what I heard you say. One, two, three, four, five. I go right through. Is that what you said? And they go, no, that's not what I said. What I meant was, and they say, three, four, five, six. And I go, okay, so then what you said is three, four, five, six. And they say, yeah. I go, okay, great, got it. Or when I'm communicating to somebody and there's this constant twisting, I say, go do this, this, and this, and this. And they go, okay. And if they've walked off and constantly not done what I've asked them to, then the next time, you know, it's either overt rebellion or they didn't hear you right. Right? So the next time I say, go do this, this, and this. And they say, okay. I say, hold on a second. What did you hear that I just said? They said, go do this and that. No, I didn't say that. I said this and this. Oh, okay. This and this? Yeah. Then they go do it or don't do it. Then we know either it's rebellion or they didn't hear you right. Listen, there's principles that you can learn to communicate clearly. Right? You know, text is very dangerous. Can I give you a little, can I give you a little uh, help with text? 
If you're going through an intense situation, sometimes people like using text because they don't like the confrontation when they're on the phone. So they don't want to really talk to somebody. They'd rather say on their text, you're really ugly and I wish you never talked to me again, instead of actually having the conversation. Somebody said, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean I'm ugly? And begin to work that whole thing out. So they'll send a text, a fiery text, to try to work the thing out. I'm going to tell you something. Don't do that with text. I've had people, I've had people say things to me on text when I read it, but I was irritated already. Some other situation. So when I read it, I read it in a tone that could be totally misconstrued. Now, anytime that happens to me, I read it, I go, boop. We're on the phone. I ain't even answering that text. We're going to talk now. Because I want to make sure I'm hearing what you're saying. And in text, very, very dangerous can be misunderstood. So let me just give you that to you as a freebie. This, this spirit will... this. Look, the prince and the power of the air, that's the devil. He comes to twist. He comes to turn stuff. Twist stuff. So you gotta, you got to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. Always think the best about somebody. Let me say that again. Love always hopes, always believes. If you're having an, an argument with somebody, believe the best. Hope for the best. Look for, look for God. Maybe they didn't mean that. And if they did, well, then just forgive them if you have to and repent. Guard your tongue. Humble yourself. Really talking about that already. But humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. When you face difficult things, humble yourself. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. I've had people say, you know what, I, we need help with sound. And I'll, 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 I'll look and I'll pick somebody I feel like, you know, could help us with that. And they'll say this to me. Well, pastor, I need to pray about that. Okay. Awesome. You let me know. Yeah. Then they never let me know. See, really, they don't want to do it. So instead of saying, instead of saying, you know what, I don't want to do that, they say, they, they, oh, oh, let me pray, pray. No, really, you want to say no. So say no. Do you know saying no is very healthy? Some of you ought to say no more often. Then again, some of you ought to say yes. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else comes from the devil. James 5, 12. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. When someone gets blessed, you rejoice with them. You know, I, I, it was a thing of the Spirit. I found, my, I found this operating in me more and more, and may it continue that way. But I was in Maui when, when, when David Pisoni, Micah's father, told me that Micah got a car. I could cry about it now. What an awesome thing. God miraculously blessed our worship leader with his own, his own brand new car with 10 miles on it. He doesn't have to pay one stinking cent. Not one. And it was set up in a way so that this young man's young man, him and Micah, they're, they're young. They're working, they're building their credit. It's set up in a way so he can build his credit. So he can buy a house. You're going to get a house. You're getting a house. I prophesy. So am I. Jesus' name, amen. When I heard that, I began to weep in, the, in, in Maui. I lifted my hands and I was like, ah. And I just was overwhelmed because he's like a, he's a spiritual son to me. Him and his wife. Spiritual son and daughter of ours. When somebody gets blessed, 
you ought to just get excited about it. Well, look at the blessing of God that He's pouring out. Get excited. And you know something I've found? That if you'll just be that way, genuinely from your heart, the Lord will go, look at that. That's the right attitude. Let me bless Him too. Commit yourself to be in worship. Last point for tonight. This Leviathan thing wants to get you to not be committed. Wants to, wants to get you twisted. Wants to get you offended. Wants to get you out of the house of the Lord. Michael, would you come? Commit yourself to be in worship. Commit to being in church. You know, I mean, think about this. If, if the president, and I know some of you don't like the president, but he's still our president. We're to pray for him. But if they, if, if they were going to come to your house, if the president was going to come to your house, for some reason they're going to come, and the Secret Service show up a few weeks before, and they check your house out, and they come about a month before, because that's what they do, and they stake out the whole area and make it all cool for a month, and then after that the date comes and the president comes, he's going to come to your house, and you're going to have tea with the president which would be a great opportunity to lead him to Christ if he comes to your house. So just rejoice. He's coming over. How would that be? How rude would it be if when he came, you didn't decide to be home? You didn't go. I mean, you went, you went out to the store where they came. They knocked. He knocked on your door, rang your bell. The president's there. You know, the, they're all there. The limo's out front. They're there. They want to meet with you. They want to talk with you. And you decide to not be home. Would that not be rude? Well, people think that church is like an option. You know, it really is not. You need to find yourself a local church and you need to commit to it. You need to commit. Now, I know I'm, I'm talking basically to the committed here. You come on Sunday night. Got to be hungry for God to come on Sunday night. But it's very important to commit and to be a part of what's taking place. You don't let anybody drive you out of here ever. And if you go through a situation where if you go through a situation where you're offended or somebody didn't treat you right, well welcome to boot camp for the love of God. Work it through. Work it through. Talk about it. Confront the issue. Deal with it. If you can't deal with it on your own, call me in. I'm I'm like a hired gun. I'll help fix it for you. Amen. Don't call me right away. You do Matthew 18, 15 first. Your brother sins against you. Go and talk to him about it. If they don't hear you, bring another brother. After you do all of that and you still can't work it out, call me up. We're glad. Call, call Pastor Carol. We're glad to step in and help you. All right? So when you go through stuff, you're going to go through stuff in this house. And even as God begins to bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the west, I'm going to fill this place with people of all kinds, all colors, all ethnic backgrounds. There is going to be tension in the souls of some. But be of good cheer. Be encouraged, says the Lord. I am going to give you strength. I'm going to build your character. Until you become of full age, mature. So when you go through things, don't think it's strange. You go through trials, the testing of your faith. Don't consider it strange. Rejoice that God's making you into His man, His woman, His His boy or His girl. Kids go through stuff too. Don't let anything drive you out of the house of the Lord. Commit yourself to worship. 
You know, I think when we don't come to church, we offend God. How about that? Try that. For, try that. Try them apples. I know if you got to work, you got to work. All right? You don't work, you don't eat. How many of you know working's good so you have something to share with those? Pay your bills and do all of that. Work is good. All right? You've got to have a Sabbath rest. And that's why we have multiple services. Sunday morning, Sunday night. got Tuesday. we got Wednesday night life groups. Thursday night life groups. Dance groups. Where's your practice? Listen, if you can't find yourself a service, plug into a life group. On, go to Trent and Amy over there on Wednesday. Get plugged into their group. Go become part. If you, if you can't make it to church, you can maybe make it Thursday night. Get on the get on a new yak. Get on the dance team. And so what do you get? What do you get? You get Thursday dance. We get people praying for you. You build relationship. They pray for each other. And then you can learn to do the deal. He was able, but that's not church. No, yeah, it really kind of is. I mean, you do that. You pray for God to change your schedule, and you long to, to be a part of the assembly, of the, the gathering together of the, of, the, of the people of God. Yes. But just because you, know, you, work, you have to work on Sunday, I will just tell you for me, when I, when I took a job, I just said, I can work any day but Sunday. They said, well, the schedule is you got to be on Sunday. I said, well, I'm sorry, the job's not for me. God bless you. That was my sign. I mean, that, that was just like a fleece I put out. If I have to work Sunday, that would not be the job that God's got for me. That's, that's how it was for me. God put that in my heart. And then I would work, and they'd say, change my schedule. And they said, well, you have to work on Sunday. And I would, I would say this. When I took the job, I said I can't work on Sunday. They said, well, we, we need you. We, you really have to work on Sunday. And every job I ever took, for some reason, God elevated me, and I would become the strongest, faithful employee in the place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You serve God, that's what happens. You work hard, you stay, come early, stay late, do your best for Jesus. And so I said, well, am I doing a good job? And they would say something like, man, you're one of our best employees. I said, well, the reason is, is because I go to church on Sunday, I've got Jesus in my life, and he blesses me. And without going to church on Sunday, I'm not going to be your best employee or one of your best employees anymore. And they say, yeah, okay, all right. Can you please do it? And then I'll say, yeah, this one time I can do it. I'll come through for you, sure. But, but please understand, I need that Sunday. And if they try to manipulate it and make it more, I would, I'd, I'd say that's it. they say, well, then you can't work. Oh, great. God would go give me a better job, more money, promote me. That's what happened every time. Commit yourself to being in the house of the Lord. All right, stand up on your feet. Do you get something from God? Oh, we covered a lot of stuff tonight. Lift your hands to Jesus. Lift your voice before His throne. No more bondage. No more bondage. No more bondage. No more pain. No more bondage. No more bondage, no more bondage, no more pain, no more twisting, confusion, inferiority, not living by my emotions, live by truth, no more bondage.
bondage, no more pain, no more insecurity, no more blame, no more bondage. Come on, no more bondage. No more bondage. No more bondage. Let's repent for where we've come into agreement. I'm certainly guilty at times. I try to control my tongue, and I think I do a pretty good job, but there's times when I don't. You know, I just, whatever, get tired or get a sin, the sin of irritation. Does anybody know what that's? Get all irritated. Come on, let's just repent for where we've not been in alignment and agreement with the Word. God, we just repent tonight. And thank you, Lord, for your blood that covers over our sin. And we confess it unto you. Decree and declare and proclaim the truth, which is you forgiving us even, even now as we confess it to you. Forgive us for where we've agreed with the lies of Egypt, where we've agreed with the lies of Leviathan, that it would be better off going back to the old life. Lord, we want to agree with you. Forgive us for where our yes was not yes and our no was not no. Forgive us. Forgive us for where we yielded to our emotions and our feelings and circumstances and didn't worship you as the holy, righteous King of kings that you are. You are bigger than our circumstances. You could change things in a moment. In one moment, it could all change. Joseph, from the dungeon to second in command in one day, in one moment, by this time tomorrow, everything can be different. Oh, by this time tomorrow, everything can be changed. Everything can be changed. Everything can be changed. No more bondage. No more bondage. Every head bowed, every eye closed, those online, those listening under the sound of my voice. If you're not right with God tonight, I want to invite you to give your heart to Jesus. I want to invite you to yield and submit to His leadership and ask Him to come into your life. Ask Him to be your Lord. Ask Him to be your Savior. If not, now when? You say, I'm not ready. The enemy will make sure you're never ready. This is the night. This is the day of salvation, the scriptures say. So I, I don't really wholly believe, but you believe a little bit. Stand on that little bit of faith that God has placed in your heart. Give your life to God, whether it be for the first time or a recommitment. If that's you, you're serious about it. You say, yeah, pastor, I want to be included in that prayer. I want to give my heart to Jesus, whether it be for the first time 
or make a recommitment all across this place. Right now, slip your hand up. Do it right now. You want to give your heart to God. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Just lift, just lift your hand just a little bit. God bless you. Nobody looking. Every head bowed. God bless you. Anybody else? This is your moment. Don't let anything hold you back. You want to get right with God, slip your hand up now. Amen. Let's all pray this prayer right out loud. Just right out loud. Say with me. Say, Dear Jesus. Right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Give me a hunger for your word. And for the things of God. I humble myself before you. Use me. For the purpose for which I was created. Break every chain. Break every bondage. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit.
with all your heart, sing it. I love you. I love. I love you, Jesus. Father, thank you. I command every decree of the enemy to be broken off of this house. I command every assignment of the wicked one to be broken off of every family represented here tonight. Confusion and discouragement, we command you to go. Inferiority and hopelessness, we command you to leave tonight in the name of Jesus. Him whose mind is stayed on you, you will bring it perfect peace. Give your perfect peace as we look to you. For those who look to you are radiant. Lord, make us a radiant people who will stand, not moved by the, by the things of time and tradition, not moved by every wave of doctrine, but our heart would be settled. We would be fixed. On you, Jesus. Until we go to meet you, or to when you throw your long Galilean leg over that white stallion and ride on out of heaven to get your church. God, we will stand and we will worship. We'll not go back to Egypt. We'll move with the cloud. We'll move with the pillar of fire. We'll move with the stirring of your spirit. Come, oh God. And liberate us, liberate this house, and liberate every family that calls this place home. Everyone that's under the sound of this, of this voice here, listening to this message, liberate us. In Jesus' name, may we be free from every offense. May we fulfill that which you've called us. And may you bring us into the place that you'd have us to be. Your church the ecclesia of God. That when we pray, things happen in heaven. And when we take action, things happen in the earth. The called out ones, your holy ones, your saints, an exceedingly vast army. God, we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, put your hands together for God. Amen. Come on. Give an amen to God. Hallelujah. Jesus, take someone by the hand tonight. I love, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I Heavenly Father, I pray the high priestly blessing over this house. God, bless your people. Lift up your countenance towards them, O God, and be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. We thank you and we praise you.
In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you Tuesday night. Hope to see you Tuesday night, 7.30. Don't miss it. Be a part of all the different things that are taking place in this great church. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise God.